Greetings to all my cool cats and cool kittens. They try to copy our style, but they stay frostbitten. You're now tuning to the sounds of MaximumFM.ca. It is your man, DM Cool, and this is Cool Radio. What we doing? You can catch me on your TV, even on the radio. Pop up at our blog spot, and on my way go. We invading airwaves. Welcome to the show, people. Welcome to the show. And once again, it is your man, DM Cool. Cool's doing the scene. You know what it is. And this is another Friday night edition of Cool Radio presented by MaximumFM.ca, MaxFM Studios, Max TV. You already know, a.k.a. the Panther Layer. Uh, yes, I am your man, DM Cool. And we have a great show for you guys tonight, as always. The only one thing that's different about tonight's show is that for all of you guys who are tuning in through Instagram Live... We are doing the show through Instagram Live for tonight. It's a bit of a tester. I want to see how much engagement and how much following I have throughout the next hour or so. I'm sure there are going to be people who are kind of hopping in and out. uh, Sorry, hopping in and out of it and whatnot. And I understand that people are busy and what have you. But for the people who are going to be strapped in for the next hour, God bless. You already know. I appreciate the love. Um, But nonetheless, we do have a very, very solid show to get through tonight, man. Um... We got to talk about this thing that's happening in Libya. This whole slavery crisis is happening. Um, Mainstream media outside of CNN, surprisingly, isn't really doing their job in covering this. So it's really up to, like, people who have their own platforms, such as myself, to kind of shed light on this. My show is a very lighthearted show for the most part to get people engaged in what's happening within pop culture and sports and music and all that stuff. But every now and again, I like to turn into what's happening, you know, when it comes to like social issues as well, right? So I want to do my part to kind of bring that to light and what have you. But apart from that, we bring things back to the music because the Grammy nominations just came out this week. And it is star-studded with a lot of hip-hop heavyweights in most of the categories. And even within the hip-hop flooded categories, you have a solid number of credible artists that are in there. So... Pardon me. I'm going to cover that for our Trip Talk segment, so we're going to switch things around a little bit with that one. And then, of course, I have the Wankster of the Week coming up at the end of the show. But before I get to all that, man, you guys already know how I do at the beginning of the show. I got some stuff to let off of my chest. So with that being said, I think it's time that we let that ish breathe. Now, for this portion of the show, man, um, I got to talk about what's been happening within pop culture recently. Um... As far as, and this is nothing new, but over the years, decades even, like we've noticed that hip-hop culture has been the driving force behind pop culture. So whatever trends are happening in hip-hop culture, they transcend into pop culture. So for example, dabbing, that was part of pop culture for the longest time. Twerking was part of pop culture for the longest time, so on and so forth, basically. Um, What I want to dive into in particular is the television and film spectrum. And I want to talk specifically about uh, the shows, the Marvel Netflix shows uh, specifically. So I'm talking about shows like Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, et cetera, et cetera. The reason why I bring up those shows, and I'm going to go into, parlay that into the movies in a second, is because I noticed something very, you know, very peculiar, but at the same time very gratifying with the majority of those shows. So when it comes to, there's about, I believe there's about six Marvel shows that are on Netflix right now, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, So we have Daredevil, we have Jessica Jones, we have Luke Cage, (coughs) pardon me, we have Iron Fist, we have The Defenders, and then we have the latest one, which is The Punisher. Now, I bring those shows up because out of, out of four of them, sorry, out of all six of them, rather, four of them have had a reference to the infamous hip-hop group Wu-Tang Clan, all right? Now, stay with me for a second. So, in Daredevil Season 1 and 2, you don't really, you don't see that at all. You don't see any mention of them. You don't see any visuals of them at all. Same thing with Jessica Jones. However, you see that with Luke Cage, Luke Cage being the most hip-hop-centric show out of all four of them by far. And then in Iron Fist, you had the RZA, you know, the, the leader of the Wu-Tang Clan, direct one of the episodes in particular for that series, um, and then you also had in Defenders, they used one of their most iconic 
uh, songs of all t- uh, in their catalog with Protect Your Neck in one of their fight sequences. And then in Punisher, even, which this one threw me off, you saw a kid rocking a Wu-Tang t-shirt, and then Punisher made a reference to that. And uh, I think what he said, and I quote, he said, that's some next-level shit right there. So I thought that was pretty dope. Now, I'm bringing this up because of the fact that Wu-Tang Clan, they wouldn't necessarily be considered relevant within today's generation of hip-hop listeners who are at a very young age, I would say, within their teens, maybe early 20s at this case. But the fact that you had a a storied group like Wu-Tang being mentioned or being featured in any of these shows, even though they didn't have to, shows a lot about their presence within pop culture and multimedia and what have you. I would expect them to be in Luke Cage because that is a very hip-hop-centric series since it takes place in Harlem, and the majority of the cast members are either of black or Latino descent, basically. Hell, Method Man was in one of the episodes, and they even used one of their other iconic um, singles within that, within that series as well, Protect Your Neck. <clears throat> now, to kind of bring it all around full circle, I feel like a lot of... Uh, television shows and movie uh, studios are using hip-hop as a way to kind of commercialize their movies that much more through trailers and what have you. And it's not just a thing where they're using black music for, quote-unquote, white television shows and what have you. They're using black music for also black-centric shows or movies, but it's not a thing where only black people are expected to see this. It's going to be a thing where you're going to see not just black people, but all communities in general wanted to uh, line up to see a movie. For example, when I was observing the uh, the Black Panther trailer for, um, for the umpteenth time, they were using a lot of hip-hop references as far as gestures, fashion, what have you. But then the music as well, uh, to a certain extent, was very hip-hop focused. And I think it's very gratifying and refreshing to see that because of the fact of where we're going now. And you're going to see this reflected a lot within the Grammys coming up in a few months, which is the main reason why I want to bring this up so I can segue into that conversation that we're going to have probably at the 9.05 mark of the show, basically. But I just love the fact that hip-hop is being a driving, is becoming a driving force in mainstream culture now. And not even just that, but it's unapologetically becoming a driving force within the mainstream culture now. At first, it was almost a bit taboo to say, that you're a middle-aged white guy who has an affinity for Jay-Z, Nas, and Run the Jewels. But now you can say that proudly, basically, because that is now the stream. That is now the function. Um, and I just love the fact that when you're, whenever you're blending music and television, that you can combine two forces together that's going to make it for an even more enjoyable and exciting watch. I mean, I'll tell you right up, straight from the bat, when I saw The Defenders, and the, one of the final fight scenes had Wu-Tang's Protect Your Neck in it. To me, that was huge because of the fact that I grew up on the Wu-Tang Clan, and I also grew up on Kung Fu Martial Arts Cinema, basically. And the fact that you had a show like Defenders, which focuses heavily on, you know, just straight-up martial arts action, and then you blend in that iconic theme song to it, as a fanboy or a fangirl, you're, you're going to lose your shit, basically. Pardon the, you know, pardon the French. So I feel as though... When the right music is paired up with the right film, just in general, it's going to make for something magical. Another example, you look at the theme songs that they used for Justice League, and to me, it didn't make me want to see Justice League. Not to say that I didn't want to see it at all. I had an interesting curiosity to see it, but sometimes just pairing the right music with the right trailer or with the right visuals, I should say, makes you want to see it. Those that those those vocals that that music in general that they paired up with their trailers, it didn't really make me want to see it. I mean, come together right now. Like I get it. It's a classic record. It just didn't fit Justice League in my opinion. I rather they would have done like their own original score to pair up with that movie. That way we don't have to judge it or critique it too harshly. Now, <clears throat> you have something like the Avengers, for example, Infinity War, and how they use their own um, musical compilation to pair up with the visuals that you're getting from the film, their their own uh, so, uh, songs and sounds that they curated years ago to make it their own signature theme, that's what made it fit. 
There's also so many other things that made it fit as well, like the amount of movies that they've made within a 10-year time span, etc., etc. But just that right matrimony of those two essences make things come together, which is why, you know, I love the fact that hip-hop songs are being used, not just for the sake of being used, but because they fit. They fit whatever's being projected to you. And I appreciate that. Whether it's the decision of the film studio or the decision of the, 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 the director of the film or the producer, whatever the case may be, I just love that when they make it work, they make it work. And they're not just saying, oh, let's slide in this Jay-Z record because he's cool. No, like everything has to come together, basically. So that's just what I want to point out. Uh, for the opening you know, segment of the show. But do you guys agree with me? Do you guys disagree with me? Hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio. Or better yet, for my Instagram following right now, hit me up at cool for thought, the number four, not, not four spelt out, but the number four, cool for thought, and drop a comment right now because we are live on my Instagram feed right now, basically. But with that being said, we do have to cut to a commercial break, so I'm going to be playing some music in the backdrop in the meantime. Um, I'm not going to be playing the music through the video because I don't know what in Instagram copyright laws are like. So if you want to jam out, just hit up the website, uh, MaximumFM.ca, to jam into some tunes in the meantime. Uh, but when we get back, we got to talk about this Libya crisis, um, and we got to you know, shed some light on it and you know just educate people on what's happening right now. So keep it locked. We'll be right back after these messages. This is Cool Radio. Yeah. Yes, yes, y'all. Welcome back to the show. Once again, it's your man, DM Cool, and this is Cool Radio. Back on the solo dolo tip once again, but no worries. We still got some important and engaging content to get to, and my microphone has a mind of its own right now. I got to adjust this thing real quick. I'm trying to, things to run things around here. No, sir. Okay, there we go. Got it. <clears throat> Got him. Okay, there we go. So what I want to talk about, you know, for the second quarter of the show, man, we got to get into this crisis that's happening in Libya right now. So this just got brought to my attention uh, within the week, basically. So in case if you guys are under a rock about this, have no idea what's happening, this is what I'm here for. I'm about to break it down like this, basically. So about a couple of weeks ago, CNN, or not even a couple of weeks ago, I'm not sure when they obtained this footage, but they broadcasted this footage a couple of weeks ago. But they obtained footage from somebody uh, in regards to an illegal, you know, slave trafficking scheme that was happening in Libya, basically. So CNN, they said that they had to verify the the authenticity of the video footage. And when they did, I guess, their research and what have you, they discovered that it was legitimate that these guys were actually doing a slave like a slave ring. So basically how this all was set up is the fact that a lot of refugees from the sub-Saharan African regions, uh, some people were noting, noting uh, that there are nations from, or people from nations of Ghana, Nigeria, Senegal, Sudan, like people of these backgrounds were trying to uh, immigrate from their countries, uh, whether it be, you know, they want to start a new life in Europe. Cause a lot of people were, a lot of them were trying to head over to Europe to kind of start a new life and, trying to make a, make a living over there to have better opportunities. Some of them were coming from, you know, war-torn war areas of their, of their country, and they wanted to flee. Um, a lot of people just, they just wanted to get out, essentially. So that is basically what happened. But upon arriving in Libya, basically, well, for whatever reason, they had to go to Libya first and then go to their destination afterwards. But what had initially happened... And just according to according to the notes that you know I had copied down, basically there were some border clampdowns, whatever that means, and that sounds a little uh, a bit mischievous to me, in my opinion, because of border clampdowns, um, about seven hundred thousand to one million refugees were held and trapped in Libya, and because of that, a lot of nefarious individuals took it upon themselves to indoctrinate these people in, into slave rings, essentially. And people were being sold for as much as $800 American uh, for slave activity. You know, you can hear people saying in the video, if you translate it, that, you know, these boys, and I'm paraphrasing, mind you, that these boys are, are strong boys for farm work. Um, and if you look at the video as well, I'm not sure if you guys have checked out the video, but in case if you haven't, if you look at the video, it almost looks as though some of these people don't even know what they're getting themselves into or what they've been brought into. Some of them look a little dumbfounded. They just look a little confused. 
Um, it's just it's a very disturbing sight to see. You don't see anything graphic, uh, like visually graphic, I should say, but just the fact that there is a slave ring happening within 2017 is jarring to say the least. Um, and so basically this video was, was made public, made national, and so it's been making its rounds uh, through the news circuit. Uh, C- CBC did a news story on it here in Canada. Um, they've spread that story through the UK, through BBC. CNN was the, was the first one to uh, publish this. And then you've had <coughs> me, you've had a few social media outlets uh, you know, publicated as well, such as the Young Turks, of course, and then AJ Plus News as well. Now, here's the thing with this entire story, basically, that really has me, like, worked up a little bit. It's the fact that, and I was watching, you know, an, ex- an exclusive interview with one, of the, with one of the survivors, basically. But it's the fact that when these people are, I guess, rescued or, you know, obtained from the people who are attempting to use them for slavery, it's not like they get to... It's not as if that they get to go back on their trail to wherever they were heading to. Because you had a few people who who were heading to France and to Europe and what have you. But that's not the case, though. They have to go back to the country that they fled in the first place. One person in particular, I can't remember this guy's name, but he was from Nigeria. And like his story kind of broke my heart because he was talking about how he wanted to live a new life in Italy. Because the conditions that he had to go through in Nigeria weren't, they, they were bad, basically. Um, and him and his friends just, they saved up their money and they wanted to go away. Now, his friends were able to make it, you know, past Libya and they're now in Europe and they're doing whatever they're doing. But he, because he had to pay out of his own pocket to, uh, basically, he had to pay to free himself. Like, he paid his own ransom. Like, how crazy is that? He had to pay his own ransom. And because of that, he was freed, but then he got back, he got placed back into holding, and now he's on his way to being deported back to Nigeria. And now he has nothing. He used his life savings to pay off his ransom. And that money he was going to use to start a new life in, 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 uh, in Italy or somewhere in Europe. But now he can't do that anymore. He has to start all over again. I don't even know if he's going to start all over again. I don't I wouldn't blame him if 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 he didn't because you know to put in that much work, I'm not sure how old he was, but to put in that much work just to have it taken away like that uh through an 8-month period apparently that this guy was was being held captive for and they have to go through that again. It's bullshit, man. Like it's it's not fair. It's like things like this shouldn't be happening in 2017. So I'm outraged by it, and obviously I'm not the only one. Um, word of this uh, spread all the way to, to Paris, France, where the uh, Libyan embassy is. And there are a lot of people of color who, who live in Paris. Like a lot of uh, – there's a large African diaspora in Paris. Like this I wasn't really too familiar with um, before watching the video. Like I was familiar with it to an extent, but like just seeing the numbers, what have you, I didn't know it was that large. But then again, there are multiple – French colonies in, in, in Africa, like Congo is one of them, for example, right? But anyways, I digress. Um, they protested this, and of, of course, you know, the, the police, they caught a fit, and then they started spreading tear gas and what have you, because, of course, in their minds, black people, congregation, incite violence, let's get the dogs to go, to go sick of, right? Typical, you know, law enforcement logic, right? But anyways, that's another podcast for another day. Um, but basically, they were protesting about this whole entire situation. They were obviously up in arms. They were upset. And, and of course, you know, why wouldn't they be? Now, here's what kind of strikes me as a little, um, as a little, you know, just puzzled, perturbed, upset, and what have you. The... The hypocrisy of social media, you know, like social media can be a great thing, but can it can also be an evil thing in the wrong hands. And what I happen to find is that whenever a tragedy takes place in a European country, like let's say, for example, the shootings in Paris, the bombings in London, we're all quick to comment, you know, pray for France, pray for London. 
Um, we put up the filters on on our Facebook pages with with the the Union Jack in, in the middle of everyone's picture, with the, the the French flag in everyone's picture. And I get it. You want to show solidarity. I understand that. But let this happen in in a black populated country. Outside of black people, who else is talking about it? Where are our filters? You know, like n- barely any mention of this in the, in the news. You know. Like when Ghana was being flooded uh, with their own brand of hurricanes, did anyone talk about it? Barely. When the Boko Haram situation was happening in Nigeria, did anyone talk about it? For the first leg of it, no. But it wasn't until I don't know who it was, but whoever sparked it, that's when you know Barack Obama put up the picture of Save Our Girls. Same thing with Michelle Obama, and then celebrities hopped on the bandwagon after the fact, not right when it happened, but maybe months after it happened. Um, and then the shooting in Kenya with, with the schools and what have you, I didn't see any filters. I barely saw any filters. I saw maybe two or three at most. So my thing is this. Luckily now, I came across a couple of filters uh, in regards to, you know, the pro- uh, not the protest, but to, to show the, um, the awareness of what's happening in Libya. So I decided to put up a filter on, on my display picture. Just, just to spread awareness, you know. I'm doing. I want to do just that little bit to spread, to, uh, spread awareness. I'm doing my part right now to spread awareness in regards to what's happening over there. And I feel like, even if you're not black, like it shouldn't even matter if you're black. Like nobody who is walking on this earth should be in favor of slavery. So I encourage you all, whether you are African, whether you're Caribbean, whether you're European, Asian, whatever the case may be, if you are against this type of tyranny then I encourage you all to put that filter on your display picture. You don't have to leave it there forever. You can leave it there for a day, for a week, whatever the case may be. It's just the fact that the word of this needs to get out because at the end of the day, there are people who are being held against their will. And they are being trapped over there for months, maybe even years. There are people who have died trying to escape. Over 2,000 people have died, you know, since this whole escapade happened. So I think it's imperative that, we spread this awareness because at the end of the day, nobody wants to be caught in that predicament. Me, I'm of African descent. I'm half Ghanaian, half Nigerian. Like imagine, like I'm thinking right now, like imagine if any of my cousins were going from Ghana to wherever and then they get they get caught up in Libya and that shit happens. That's a scary thought. That's a very scary thought. And nobody would want that to have their have that happen to, to their relatives, their loved ones, their friends, whatever the case may be, or just just anyone in general, really. So I feel like it's imperative on us as the people to really spread, you know, what's happening over here or over there, rather, because at the end of the day, even though we don't have we don't have the power to make it stop, we at least have the power to spread a message, basically, because at the end of the day, like we can spread a video and make it go viral within minutes, hours, basically. If we can do it for, you know, the simple, you know, knock, knock, who's there joke video then we could do it for something like this as well. So. That's what I would encourage you all to do. I'm not trying to be, you know, the holier-than-thou pastor over here trying to tell you what to do with your life. But at the end of the day, I've seen so many people spread awareness for issues that are happening within other nations. You know, the whole Paris thing, the whole uh, the whole, uh, the, the London bombing thing, um, people spreading, you know, awareness for gay rights and what have you. And all that is good. I'm not knocking that at all. But if you guys have the ability to do that, then I'm sure you guys have the ability to spread what's happening over here or what what's happening over over there in Libya, man. Just get the word out, man. Get, and it just takes as small as putting a filter on your display picture for at least a day. You know, that alone will get people talking. So that's what I would encourage you all to do if you have the power to do it. And I know you do just, just for at least one day, and we'll see where things can happen. But I just hope that they put an end to this as of right now. Um, CNN has submitted the video to Libyan authorities and they're currently investigating the matter right now. We don't know how long that's going to take, but I hope they're, they do it, they do it quick, steady, in a hurry. And I just pray and hope that they have nothing to do with this because if that's the case, then that is a terrible, corrupt government in the highest or actually of the lowest grade, rather, I should say. So I would say thoughts and prayers, but. We need more than thoughts and prayers at this point. We need action. Do you guys agree? <coughs> pardon me. Do you guys disagree? Again, <coughs> pardon me. Hit me up on social media right now. Pardon me for clearing my throat so much. 
Um, I've been sick for like the last week, whatever. So I'm try- just trying to battle through a cold right now. Uh, but for the people who are tuning in through uh, live Instagram live right now, uh, just drop a message right now. Drop a comment. Let me know what you guys think. And yeah, definitely we'll uh, discuss this more on a later day. But nonetheless, we do have to go to a commercial break. And when we do come back, we're going to switch gears now. We're going to go from the education to the entertainment side and talk about the Grammy nominations list that was released this week. I'm going to go through the list, not all of them, but like the more important ones. I'm going to talk about who's in the categories and why it's so important for those artists in particular uh, to be in those categories and their chances of winning as well. So keep it locked. We'll be right back after these messages. This is Cool Radio. Yeah. Yes, yes, y'all. Welcome back to the show. Once again, it is your man, DM Cool. And this is Cool Radio. Now, as promised, we do have our Trip Talk segment for the evening. However, we're going to be doing it a little bit different this time around. So it's going to be all one giant segment rather than split up in three different topics, basically. And the reason why I'm doing it for tonight is because the list of nominees have come out for the 2018 Grammy Awards. Now, normally... You know, in past years, I kind of just mentioned um, it in small segments, rather, and just kind of go on about it with my guests and what have you. <clears throat> Pardon me. However, this year, because it's been so hip-hopified, as I like to call it, you know, this year in particular, I feel like it's important to go through just some of the categories with some of the biggest influences in music. And just kind of go from there and kind of break down why it's so influential and so instrumental to have some of those artists be in the categories that they're in this year. So with that being said, let me proceed with, uh, let me just start off with the R&B category and then I'll work my way up to the more more, uh, popular categories, all right? So in terms of R&B, we have uh, Best R&B Performance, uh, Get You from Daniel Caesar. Distraction from uh, Kehlani. High from Ladisi. Not familiar with that artist, but good for them. Um, That's What I Like, Bruno Mars, and uh, The Weeknd, SZA. All right? Best Rap Album. This is where things get hot and heavy, okay? Um, And mind you, I'm going to read all the nominations, and then I'm going to go through my predictions as far as who I think is going to win each category. (coughs) Pardon me. So, Best Rap Album, 444 Jay-Z. Uh, Damn, Kendrick Lamar, Culture, Migos, Layla's Wisdom, Rhapsody, and then Flower Boy, Tyler, the Creator. All right. Now, best rap song. This is a category where it's uh, the the award is awarded to the people who wrote the song. Okay, so it's basically to, you know, artist A and then the people that they worked with to to compose the the song. All right. So I'm just going to mention the main artists, of course, you know, for obvious reasons. Uh, so we have Best Rap Song, Bodak Yellow, Cardi B, um, Chase Me. Uh, this one is from, oh, okay, Chase Me. This one's from, uh, uh, Jesus Christ. This one's from Danger Mouse, Run the Jewels, and Big Boy. That's that's a good look. That's a good look. Okay. Um, Humble, Kendrick Lamar. <clears throat> Pardon me. Uh, also, we have Sassy from Rhapsody. And then the story of OJ, Jay-Z. Best rap song performance. Uh, Problems, Black. Crew, uh, Gold Link featuring Brent Fayez and Shy Glizzy. I don't know who some of these artists are, but good for them. Uh, Family Feud, Jay-Z and Beyonce. Loyalty, Kendrick Lamar featuring Rihanna. Uh, Love Galore, SZA featuring Travis Scott. By the way, and I know I'm going to get hung for this, but I haven't listened to that SZA album, so please let me know how hot that album is because I feel like it's one of the albums that I just kind of slept on this year. So let me know. Educate me on that, please. Uh, let's see here. What do we have here? Uh, okay. Best rap performance. So this goes out to the specific artist, basically. So for hearing it and performing it, what have you. Um, Bounce Back, Big Sean. Uh, Bodak Yellow, Cardi B. 444, Jay-Z. Uh, Humble, Kendrick Lamar, Bad and Bougie, Migos featuring Lil Uzi Vert, okay? Best R&B album, Freudian, Daniel Caesar, Let Love Rule, Ladisi, 24K Magic, Bruno Mars, uh, Gumbo, PJ Morton, Feel the Real, Music Soul Child, okay, not bad. 
Um, urban contemporary album. I hate that term so much. Urban. Uh, just say black music, man. Jesus Christ. Okay, whatever. That's another st- uh, topic for another podcast. Um, Free Black from Black. Awaken My Love, Childish Gambino. American Teen, Khaled. Apparently, I look like him. Um, you guys let me know if I look like Khaled. <laughs> uh, Control, SZA. Starboy, The Weeknd. Uh, and then Best New Artist. This one has a majority, you know, hip-hop R&B crowd in it. Uh, we have Alessia Cara, straight from Brampton and B-Town. Uh, Khaled, uh, Little Uzi Vert, Julia Michaels, and SZA. And then Song of the Year. This is where things really get instrumental right here. This, is, this encompasses all genres of music, all right? So I want you guys to listen to the names I'm mentioning, and you guys just let me know what genre they come from. I'm sure you guys already have a good idea. Um, let's see here. <clears throat> Despacito, uh, Luis Fonzi and Daddy Yankee featuring the Justin Bieber, Canadian, sure. Uh, <laughs> 444, Jay-Z, uh, 1-800-273-8255, Logic featuring Alessia Cara. Uh, let's see. And then that's what I like, Bruno Mars. All right. Record of the year, Redbone, Childish Gambino. Despacito, Luis Fonzi and Daddy Yankee featuring Justin Bieber, uh, The Story of OJ, Jay-Z, Humble, Kendrick Lamar, 24K Magic, Bruno Mars. That was record of the year. And album of the year. This is a big one right here. This is, for me, this is, the biggest, this is the biggest accomplishment right here because we're talking about album, a story that's being told to you through your ears, all right? Um, so album of the year, Awaken My Love, Childish Gambino. 444, Jay-Z, Damn, Kendrick Lamar, Melodrama, Lord, 24K Magic, Bruno Mars. Now, before I discuss the importance of those last three categories, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go by, go down the list once again, and I'm going to give you my predictions for each category. Now, I'm not even going to base it on who my favorite artist is or anything like that. I'm taking my bias out the window. I'll let you know who I like personally, subjectively, and say that I want them to win. But as far as my prediction, my objective prediction, I will give you that because I owe you that much, all right? So on that note, let's go with R&B performance. Um, R&B performance, I'm going to say out of all the names I see, the most popular name is Bruno Mars with That's What I Like. Therefore, he's probably going to walk away with the award. Now, Keep in mind for me, I haven't heard the rest of the songs in this category, so I couldn't give you I couldn't even give you my honest critique on those records. But that's what I like. That was one of the biggest hits off the 24K. Uh, so I think Bruno's gonna walk away with that award. Cause that song played everywhere. And that song was relevant for like a good six months. So shout out to Bruno. He's probably gonna walk away with that award. Uh best rap album. Again, we have 444, Damn, Culture, Layla's Wisdom, and Flower Boy. Subjectively speaking, I say Kendrick Lamar. Objectively speaking, it's between Kendrick and Jay-Z. Now, Jay-Z has the cachet because he's been in the game for 20-plus years, and he's still relevant even to this day, and he probably gave us his number five album all time in his catalog with 444. Um, but on that note, Damn has been relevant even since the day it's been released. Um, it's still pumping out the hits. Uh, yeah. Man, you know what? I might have to give it to Kendrick Lamar. I might have to get... Uh, it's been... Uh, see, I'm only hesitating on it because... Last year, they gave him the best rap album for To Pimp a Butterfly, but that's only because of the fact that they messed up the year before when they didn't give it uh, to him for Good Good Kid, Mad City. Now that he's had his award, I don't know if they're going to give him a repeat on that. They could give it to Migos as a dark horse because they've had some commercial success as well over over this last year, but so has Kendrick, though. Kendrick had the number one hit. All of Kendrick's songs on his album charted, charted it. It charted all of them. I'm giving it to Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick. He's my favorite, but I'm taking that out of the equation because this album is his best album from a commercial standpoint. It stayed at number one for so long. 
So I might have to give it to him. And it's one of the most critically acclaimed albums of the year. When you have an album that sells and it's critically acclaimed, that that dynamic duo right there, you can't ignore that. That's why I say it's either him or Jay-Z. I'm going to give it to Kendrick Lamar. I'm giving it to Kendrick. All right. That settles that. Uh, best rap song. <clears throat> so we have Bodak Yellow, Chase Me, Humble, Sassy, and The Story of OJ. Um, I would be shocked if they gave that award to The Story of OJ for uh, Jay-Z. That would be a shocker. Like, if they really gave that 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 award to that song, then the Grammys would be woke as hell this year. I don't know if they will. So I'm going to say no because they haven't proven me otherwise. Um, with that said, however, I'm going to give the nod to either Humble, because, again, it charted very high, um, or Bodak Yellow because that song was a banger. Um I love Humble. I love Humble. Um, I don't know if they would give it to, to somebody new off the bat like that for best rap song. Because, again, Kendrick has more cachet than, 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 uh, than um, uh, why, why is her name leaving my mind right now? <laughs> uh, holy shit. People are going to roll. Cardi B. There we go. Okay. You know what? Y'all can call me a Kendrick fanboy, but I'm going to give this to Kendrick. I'm going to give it to Kendrick. I'm going to give it to Kendrick. Uh, let's see here. Best rap song performance. Okay. Kendrick is in this category as well, but I don't see him winning this one because loyalty didn't really pop like uh, DNA or Humble. Uh, with that said, Jay-Z could, Jay-Z could win this award with Family Feud featuring Beyonce. That's a power couple dynamic right there. Uh, I haven't heard the other records with uh, Problems Crew and uh, Love Galore. So I haven't heard those records, but if I'm going off name recognition, it's probably going to be Jay-Z and Beyonce. Uh, so I'm going to stick with that for now. Uh, best Rap Performance. <sighs> Bounce Back, Big Sean, Bodak, Yellow, Cardi B, 444, Jay-Z, Humble, Kendrick Lamar, Bad and Bougie, Migos, and Lil Uzi Vert. Best Rap Performance. Now, I gave the award, I gave my prediction to Kendrick Lamar for uh, best rap song, and that means people who are involved in the writing process of the record. Best rap performance so, uh, focuses solely on the artist who performed the record. With that said, <clears throat> I may have to give it to, I'm either going to give it to Bad and Bougie or Bodak Yellow. If it were up to me, I'd give it to either Kendrick or Jay. But if I have to be objective, I'm giving it to either Bad and Bougie or Bodak Yellow. Bad and Bougie popped for almost the entire year. It's been hot ever since Childish Gambino mentioned it at the Golden Globe Awards last year. Um, and then Bodak Yellow, that's been like the soundtrack of the summer, basically. So it's going to one of those two. One of those two. It's pr- Ugh, Man, that's tough. It's going gonna, it's gonna to go to one of those two. One of those two. I can't call which one, but it's going to go to one of those two. Best R&B album. Best R&B album. If they really want to make like the R&B peers happy, like truly happy, they're going to give it to Music Soul Child, but I don't see them doing that. That's a long shot. I didn't even know he came out with an album this year, to be honest. And no disrespect when I say that. Uh, with that said... I'm going to give it to uh, Bruno Mars for 24K Magic. I, I'm going to give it to him. I think he's going to win that award, man. He's going to win that award. I think he's going get, to get that award. Uh, best Urban Contemporary Album. If it were up to me, subjectively speaking, Awaken My Love from Childish Gambino takes that. It takes it. Take that, baby. Uh-uh, uh-uh. But on that note, I'm going to give it to Starboy. Uh, the weekend. I'm gonna give it to him. I think he's gonna win that award, and deservedly so because that was a banger of an album, man. I really enjoyed that album. I was never really a huge weekend fan. Like I had never listened to an album, so I couldn't really call myself a fan. This album, though, I loved it a lot, and it's ironic because a lot of weekend fans didn't really like that or didn't prefer that album as much as his past work. 
but that's fair. Uh, best new artist. This is where we kind of get into the more miscellaneous crowd. Basically, this is a little bit of everything. Best new artist, Alessia Cara. She's been doing a ton of features this year. SZA apparently came out with a with a banger of an album. Little bit Uzi Vert. I I couldn't even give you one name of a record he's done. He he kind of he's kind of part of that trap baby generation. Cal that I've never listened to, but again, apparently I look like him. <laughs> and then Julia Michaels, I haven't heard her music. You know what? It's <sighs> hmm. To me, it's between SZA and Alessia Cara, and the Canadian in me wants to go with Alessia because her name's been all over the place the entire year, especially that one eight hundred track with Logic talking about uh, suicide and what have you. So. Man, I'm you know what? I might have to give her the edge on that. I'm gonna say Alessia Carr for best new artist. Um, and then song of the year, it's 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 no contest. I'm gonna give it to Despacito. That thing dominated charts. It was the first non-English record to go number one, apparently. It dominated the entire summer on mainstream radio. Yeah, it's not even close. It's not even close. I think I think if anything, that's what I like from Bruno Mars comes in a close second. Maybe not even a, I'd say like a marginal second, if anything, but it's got to be Despacito. That thing's, if that doesn't win, I'll be shocked. I won't be appalled because the lineup of of records is a very strong lineup to say the least, which I love. Like, I won't be mad. I'll be surprised. I'll be surprised if it doesn't win. But if that doesn't win, then I'll be surprised at any other song winning, but I'll be happy at the same time because it's hip hop dominated. So that's what I like. That's what I like. <laughs> uh, and then record of the year. We got Redbone. We got Despacito, Story of OJ, Humble, and 24K Magic. Record of the year. Shit, I just said song of the year goes to the, it goes to Despacito. You know what? I'll, you know what? I'm going to go back and I'm going to change my, I'm going to change my, uh, I'm going to change my, uh, my, 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 my pick. Um, I think 1-800 from uh, Logic and Alessia Cara is going to win Song of the Year. I'm going to give it that. They're going to win Song of the Year. Because, again, Song of the Year goes to the people who wrote the song, basically. All the people who were involved in the writing process of the song, that award goes to them. Um, but Record of the Year, it's, it's, it's Despacito. It's not even close. Like, I love Redbone. I love that record. But people didn't catch on to that until, like, six months later. Story of OJ, it's a powerful record, but I don't think people are, are ready to see that as the winner. Humble, great record. I'd probably put that in like a strong second. And then 24K Magic. Ooh, that's a strong record too. You know what? I'm giving nah Despacito. I'm sorry. Despacito has to win that. And then album of the year. Guys, listen to this lineup one more time. Awaken My Love, Childish Gambino, 444, Jay-Z, Damn, Kendrick Lamar. Melodrama, Lord, 24K Magic, Bruno Mars. <sighs> I don't even know, man. Like, obviously the fanboy in me wants Kendrick Lamar to win this. Um, You know what, man? You know what? I'm locking it in. Kendrick Lamar. He, listen, he, that album was crazy. I can honestly say, see, this is what I love right here. I'm not even being biased because at the end of the day, out of the five albums that are nominated in this category, I've listened to four of them, okay? Melodrama from Lord, I didn't hear. I don't know how good of an album it is. I didn't hear any singles from it. I didn't hear anything pop. And normally... Not even normally, but not every, not all the time is the most popular album getting awarded the album of the year. Like the album from, um, I can't remember the guy who won it last year, but the one who, or not last year, but the year before, the guy who won it over Beyonce. I can't remember his name, but he won it. That album went under the radar, apparently. And then Herbie Hancock won album of the year over Kanye back in 2008 for graduation. Um... I'll I'll say this, man. I'm gonna say this. I was gonna say this for later, but I'm gonna save it right now. I'm gonna say it right now. <coughs> I see what the Grammys are doing right now with this category in particular. You have urban you have you have artists who do black music, okay? Including Bruno Mars. 
and you have one white woman in there with an album that we didn't even hear about for the most part. If anyhow, this person wins the award, I am going to be so pissed. I probably won't even watch the Grammys again for like another five years, man. I'm sorry. But I will say this. This is probably one Grammy award, one Grammy ceremony that I'm definitely going to watch. I'm going to watch a good chunk of it, especially when it comes to this section of the show. But if I have to objectively pick, I got to say Dan from Kendrick Lamar. I got to. 24K Magic had bangers on it. It brought us back to like 80s and 90s R&B. I love it. Awaken My Love, Childish Gambino, probably the most underrated album of the year. You know, in the Grammy calendar year, I should say, because it came out last year in 2016. Um, and he, he brought funk back for a minute. 444, the most vulnerable Jay-Z album we've ever gotten. This is the album that Jay-Z fans have been clamoring for, and we finally got it. And then I can't say much about Melodron because I've never listened to it before. But Damn... Damn is the album that you can listen to frontwards and backwards, and it'll still give you that same general meaning. But essentially, he's telling two two sides of a story and basically showing you what path that someone could take if they go down the wrong path versus the right path. It's such a great album, man. It's such a great album. Probably my favorite hip-hop album of the entire year, basically, as far as I'm concerned. So I just love, and, you know, to bring the segment to a close right before we get into Wanks of the Week, I just love the fact that when it comes to album of the year, record of the year, song of the year, and best new artists, <clears throat> we have a strong caliber of artists who, who are performing, you know, black music. And I can't remember the last time I've seen the, the deck so stacked in that favor, to be honest. And I love it, and I'm happy for it. It's a great... It's a great day to, to be a, a fan of black music. And I know some people want to be politically correct and say urban music, but I, I don't jive with that title, man. I just love black music, man. And, like, just hip-hop and R&B is dominating these, these, these categories, basically, man. And there's nothing wrong with that. I just love every single moment of it. And I hope that a hip-hop or an R&B act wins album of the year because we haven't had that since Outkast. And even then, we haven't – the only people who have won it are Outkast and Lauryn Hill. And to me, that's not enough. We need more. Hip-hop is a driving force of pop culture, like I said at the beginning of the show. And it's a driving force of music culture. And from a lucrative and financial standpoint, it's the highest-selling genre of music in the world today. And this list of nominees is a reflection of that. So I think it's just imperative that all of these people – that I predicted to win, win. What do you guys think? Who do you think is going to take them all these awards, man? Hit me up on Twitter or social media in general. Let me know your thoughts. And to wrap up the show, ladies and gentlemen, we do have our Wankster of the Week segment. So with that being said, <clears throat> who has been entered into the shallow walls of the Hall of Shame this week? Who has been crowned the captain of Coonery this week? Ladies and gentlemen, it is time from Wankster of the Week. <clears throat> now, normally, I don't give the Wankster of the Week to certain people because those certain people are the living embodiment of Wanksters and what have you. So I feel like if I had to give that person Wankster of the Week for one week, then they'd have to get it every week by default. It's like giving LeBron James the MVP award. We know he's the best basketball player in the world right now, the best basketball player of this generation, and he is eligible to win MVP award year after year after year after year, but you have to recognize somebody else for that award. However, in this scenario, in this week of Wanks of the Week, I had to break that rule just this one time because the 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 audacity of this person and the sheer idiocy of this idiocy of this person could not go unrecognized. So on that note, ladies and gentlemen, cool cats and cool kittens, um Wanks of the Week goes to none other than the current president of the United States, Donald Trump. Now, the reason why I broke the rule and gave him the, excep the exception of Wanks of the Week this week is because of the fact that he openly disrespected two veteran Native Americans by referring to one of his rival constituents, if you want to call it, as Pocahontas. Now, 
he was going on and on about how you people were here before us. You guys deserve so much more, yada, 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 because he was presenting them a some sort of memorial award of sorts, which he was which is he, which he was obligated to do so. But if it was his choice, he wouldn't do it anyway. He'd probably build a wall in front of him so that he wouldn't have to talk to them. But basically, as he was presenting this award and giving him their, his spiel and what have you, he went on to make a little short jab at some woman that he doesn't get along with in politics, and he gives her the code name of Pocahontas. Right in their faces. But that, like, that... The audacity! Like, so you're going to make some sort of ethnic slur at these gentlemen who are standing in front of you at the same time simultaneously taking a jab at that person that you don't like at her expense and their expense too? Like, I know we can be petty every now and again, but for once in your life, Mr. Trump, can you put the pettiness down and be a professional about what you do? Like, I know you've gone bankrupt like five or six times now. You can't go bankrupt in the White House. Unless it comes to peace of mind or penny for thoughts, then if that's the case, you went bankrupt five times already within your presidency. But on that note, man, like, come on. Like, now it's getting to the point where he's being, he is aware of his ignorance and he's just being arrogant about it. And the sooner this guy comes out of office, the better. And I don't know if this guy's going to get impeached. I'm not going to hold my breath on that. But after his four-year term is done, his first four-year term is done, if he somehow is voted back into office, then America, I'm sorry, but I don't give a shit about you and what you guys do anymore, unless it, if it comes to sports and entertainment and maybe fashion and maybe a little bit of traveling here and there. Because at the end of the day, you guys did this to yourselves to give this guy a second chance in office if it comes to that. Or if the electoral office, you know, makes it stake or whatever the case may be. But other than that, beyond that, man, the ignorance level of this guy is over 9,000. You don't even need a Vegeta-sized scouter to go and see that. Shout out to my Dragon Ball Z fans. You'll get the reference. But on that note, Donald Trump, you orange bastard, toupee-wearing, ugly, pale, pasty, plastic surgery-having-looking boy, you got to get the wankster of the week. Do you deserve this wankster? Of course you do. Punch yourself in the face if you haven't done so already. And on that note, ladies and gents, we got to go. I want to thank you guys for tuning in. Shout out to people who tuned in to Instagram Live. I want to thank you guys for tuning in as well. Next week, we will be back on the air. And keep keep it locked within the next two weeks, man. Uh, December 15th will be the final show of 2017 for Cool Radio. And normally, every year, we do a special uh, year review episode where we count down the top five albums, uh, top five singles of the year, et cetera, et cetera. And of course the top five wanksters of the year as well. So keep it locked for that. I'm going to give you some more information. I might slide in a little, a little uh, wankster trivia for you here and there. But again, as always, thank you guys for tuning in. Once again, it is your man DM cool. And Cool Radio is a division of Cool Click Media and Entertainment, reminding you each and every day that we are out here creating our own legacies. Keep it gravy and wavy. We are out of here. Peace.